Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. 14 minutes after 1 o'clock. Well, happy Freedom Day to do for, to you. Amazulu, Amanda Black there, the music of Amanda Black, and I'm hoping that you are... I don't know. You are at home. That's the first thing. We hope that you are safe. And for those who are at work, frontline workers, we also are with you in spirit at this time. It's a really different Freedom Day, isn't it? Really, I don't think any one of us ever imagined a day when we would be sitting indoors to celebrate Freedom Day. So one of the things I just want to let you know about is that we may just break our own broadcast today. Um, the show may come to a pause at some point because we are expecting the president to address us and that is not quite clear what time it will happen but we're all on sort of standby so don't be alarmed if and when that happens so we'll bring that to you as soon as that happens I'm I'm curious I'm curious about your thoughts um, today on freedom and on freedom day and the complexities of what freedom means to you and also not only that just what COVID-19 has absolutely just opened up to to a horror and shock I suppose things that we've always known but how stark it is that we really are in trouble in terms of economic freedom in this country. I wanted to bring somebody else in the conversation who we can analyze and assess this together with, but I also want you to be a part of it. So please give us a call, 0891-104-207. Dr. Seth Cooper, who's the president of the Pan-African Psychology Union, joins us now on the line. Dr. Cooper, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us on this holiday. Good afternoon. My pleasure. In our splendid isolation, we are... (laughs) doing a good retrospect into where we've come from as a people, as a country, and on this Freedom Day. You know, my colleague did a fantastic job earlier of just taking us all back and and bringing back the memories of what it was like to get to where we would have called freedom, you know, the 27th of April. And and we all, I think... um, understand what it meant even then we many of us i think have come to an understanding of the fact that it had to be political freedom first and then the rest would follow it didn't quite happen that way and when you reflect on what is happening today and and i'm speaking specifically of people queuing for food people who um yes many of them have lost jobs but actually in actual fact many of them are just coming out of the woodworks who anyway were not working. How how do you reflect on freedom when you see those images? Well, look, we have uh, freedom in terms of our constitution, yes. and that is undeniable. Yes. However, the enablement has not happened. Mm. It has indeed, this period, taken us further away. The haves and the have-nots the gap is massive. Mm. And since the advent of COVID as a global uh, health pandemic, I think we have responded more cohesively Mm. as a government to stave off uh, infections, to contain and uh, the mitigation is beginning to uh, take effect than we've done 
in hmm. enabling people to experience that freedom for themselves instead of vicariously through somebody else. Uh-huh. You know, the layer of Han Langer's in, in the system yeah. where you get that uh, trickle down right at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, so the, 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 the stark facts mm. are uh, that we do have a very robust uh, democracy. Mm. And uh, that's why there's uh, the ability of all sorts of parties to be out there. Mm. There is the opportunity to engage in uh, economic activity. But if you have a history, if you are enabled, and there I say, if you come from a minority group or that little sliver of uh, black that has managed to be part of the system. Otherwise, the majority confront day-to-day existence. Mm. It's, it's survival made starker by this great level, this pandemic which knows no border has impacted the whole globe. Let, let me take calls, uh, if you don't mind, Dr. Cooper. 0891-104-207, your thoughts on freedom. And let's, let's, you know, it's not a simple question and it's not black and white. I don't expect you to come with a black and white answer and saying, no, we don't appreciate our freedom. That's the point. That's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is to understand the complexities of freedom and what it means to different people. And so, and where also economic freedom comes in and how, as we sit and reflect, particularly at this time maybe an opportunity for us to do something about the problems that we faced in the past so i want to open the conversation up to you as well 0891104207 here there and everywhere SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung I'm in conversation with Dr. Seth Cooper and we are discussing freedom since today is Freedom Day and I want you to be a part of this conversation 0891-104-207. Dr. Cooper, let me just, let's unpack it because philosophically, constitutionally, freedom in this country is not questionable. We all know that we really, you know, and everybody commends us for our fantastic constitution and so on. But I, I want us to talk about the the other complexities of freedom as well. Um, this COVID-19, I think, has, has opened a can of worms um, and made us reflect on our society in a very difficult way. And absolutely, government is responding. That's not to say they're not. But we are confronted with some realities that are very difficult, and we have to, at least at some point, confront ourselves with it. I was reflecting on the fact that lately we had a government that had a plan for people who are landless, who are, um, you know, who sleep on the streets and so on. And they were given shelter and they've moved to shelters. And then I started thinking about some of those complexities because now many of them are now out of the shelters and you ask yourself why. And they are saying, well, because in the shelter, I, I'm, I don't have the freedom to seek my own food because I don't get the regular food that they promised for whatever reason, number one. Number two, I have an addiction and I admit that I have an addiction. We've been promised to be assisted, but it's not constant. 
uh, with drugs that can help us. That's the second thing. And number three, the choices we have once we move outside of the shelter to go seek or fend for ourselves, we are told we can't come back. In other words, it feels a little bit like our freedoms have been infringed on. Well, that's that's an example of the worst of amongst us, right? Uh, and I think the intention was a good intention. Yes. However, uh, it's left to bureaucrats. Yeah. And we know a significant percentage of our bureaucrats have effectively inoculated themselves from being human. They don't cheat off each other as fellow human beings with the necessary care and compassion and consideration. That That's missing. In our democracy, if there's one thing that we have become notorious for, it's a lack of compassion for our fellow human beings. And yet, um, we... We in the holiest month for mm. Muslims. Mm. We've just come out of the holiest weekend for Christians mm. and Jews. Mm. But that caring for others is there with organized groups. But amongst ourselves, we have almost socialized ourselves into this crass individualism. You know, mm. the millennial, me, 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 I, 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 now, now, now. Now, now, yeah. And we don't worry about the next person. Indeed, when we see a person in serious distress, you know, uh, social psychology 101, the bystander effect, we just walk past. Yep. And literally... Uh, don't allow our minds to focus on that because I think the demon is there but for the grace of God go I. Mm. And I've managed to escape this. Therefore, I'm okay, Jack. Mm. So that, you know, Dr. Nkosazana Lamini Zuma on the first day after the announcement of the emergency measures said social isolation, and it's very true, we're going to find very difficult because for the overwhelming majority of us to just be socially isolated, not to have that closeness, that touch, uh, that togetherness, that Ubuntu, is foreign, except for English-speaking people. But for all the other ethnic groups in the country, we are not individual, uh, classly individualistic and just nuclear family. But if you look at the embourgeoisification, the rise of the middle class in our society, all around you, uh, Pumelo, uh, people are only looking at me, yep. my kids, yep. my partner, yeah. and anybody else directly, and everybody else can go to hell. I think that this is the moment, the global moment, when we need to confront ourselves about the meaning of being, who we are, and how we look at ourselves first. Because you see, 
to look at others as non-entities means that inside me, I already have a fractured sense of self. And that's why it's easy for that solipsistic, narcissistic look at myself and those close to me and nobody else. So we are also in a very complex time because South Africans, for instance, and the world over, people know how to protest in mass gatherings, right? So if we were unhappy about something, we would have been able either to take to the streets, gather, organize, and so on. So that's the first thing. We, we, we cannot mobilize in the way that we have been used to mobilize. That's the one thing. In a sense, always also then taking away a voice because the fewer of us gather, the fewer of us can have one voice to then protest, which is what got us to our freedom in the first place. So whatever it is that we are unhappy about, we can't do that now, which leaves the few with voices as lone voices. Well, and well, that's, that's, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Well, look, that's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah. I recall that there were lone protesters in the 60s when, uh, you know, uh, women of the Black Sash mm-hmm. stood alone, mm. one or two persons, and they were excoriated. Abuse was heaped on them, but they yep. stood there with that placard. Uh, remember when those uh, Gujarati ladies in their pale saris stood at the entrance to the military museum opposite the Gupta's compound and said, not in our name, a few of them. Mm. And they, there is still that individual agency, which is very powerful. It also individualizes your ability to act in such a way that the herd mentality is not there. Because in a group situation, somebody says, see our wherever, and we just trot along. But if you think through it, and then is that protester, the single protester, mm-hmm. more powerful than the mob? Mm-hmm. So all of these things... Pumela, you correct. We've got to reflect and, and, and look at efficacy, look at our sense of self and agency. Do we hand over our agency to somebody else like we've done uh, in, in, during democracy and allowed things to slide in a, into a very slippery cesspool? And if we look at the current where there's price gouging, Mm-hmm. You know, something costing mm-hmm. 30 cents mm-hmm. is being sold at 14, 15 mm-hmm. rand. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll have another Zondo commission mm-hmm. just looking at yep. this period. Yep. So it's that as well. So there's a multiple, it's, it's, a, it's a layered set of issues we need to confront. Because out of every catastrophe, there are a few people who will make money out of it. But will they make it in the way... That, that allows for rejuvenation of a people, of a region, of the world, or are they only doing it for themselves and back to that indiv- gross, crass, individualistic uh, materialism? So, I mean, 
I, I, I imagine there must be opportunities. And, and I say that because everywhere you turn, there seems to be consensus, not necessarily strategic consensus, but consensus nonetheless, that it's time to reflect and perhaps tweak or change or restructure particularly economically. And I'm hearing this from even opposite ends of politics. So today we heard uh, EFF uh, uh, Julius Malema president uh, address and he spoke to some things that he thinks are what they think needs to be done. Yes, of course, in the framework of how uh, the EFF uh, functions. But even the other day we heard uh, uh, Minister Dito Mbowene also reflect on what possibly needs to be done to restructure our economy. So maybe my question to you is, where do you think the, you know, low hanging fruit are for the opportunities to come back with a better economy at the end of this? Well, look, the one thing is the whole world is impacted in the same way. Now, the lending agencies, the big ones, uh, have to lend because if they don't lend, there will be uh, the kinds of consequences that they don't want to see. But I think if we're clever enough, um, this COVID period can be a serious debt relief in terms of payback. Uh, remember that in 94, 95, 96, uh, under President Mandela um, and uh, Deputy President Mbeki, and uh, of course Cyril Ramaphosa, our current president, was at the, uh, in, in the leadership there as well. Uh, we paid apartheid debt when we ne- didn't need to pay it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know to what extent that's been paid or not. I mean, mm-hmm. there's such obfuscation in terms of the different banks and who was implicated mm-hmm. where. Mm-hmm. And then when action was brought overseas, in certain jurisdictions, our government interceded yeah. to stop it yeah. and so on. So, uh, you know, it, it's almost like I killed JFK. You'll never know what, what the truth exactly is. Exactly is, yeah. Yeah. So the point here is I think that we should maximize um, the opportunity to not only deal with COVID, but enable uh, poverty reduction measures mm. and enable... Uh, economic growth at the lowest level, not have layer upon layer upon layer. I become the middle middleman, and it's usually men in this this thing. Uh, and I make the money, and then I hand it over to Pumelo, and she makes something on it, and it carries on that way. And very little happens at the bottom. We need to turn that around because the bell-shaped curve just simply doesn't work. You need an upturned pyramid so that the bottom is really the minority. Because if you have, uh, Pumela, you and I have our wonderful castle on this hill, and all around there are shacks. What's the value of that, that castle? And how long will it last? We'll have to helicopter ourselves in and have armed guards to fend off the eyes and the tears of poverty staring us in the face every day. And we become inured to it. We become accustomed to it. 
it's normalized and then we blame those who live in the shacks mm. for living in the shacks mm. blaming the victims our country comprises a majority that have been totally victimized and continue to play the victim role and that's the rub that we need to turn around clement you calling from pimville thank you so much for your patience good afternoon Good afternoon, how are you, ma'am? We well, thanks. Go ahead, Clement. Okay. Yeah, I just want to ask a question about what freedom means to me. Mm. Yeah, no, but you see, the, what means to me as, as Clement, uh, it means for me that I was, I, I was, I was given an uh, opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to work for myself. Mm. I was given opportunity to knock any door that I want to knock. So that is what I am using. I don't want to, 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 to be entitled. To, to, to something that I don't have, say the government will do it for me. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to be to be in that bracket. I need to because the government have already given me something to work on. Why don't I work on that? So to to to, to have my own thing mm-hmm. that I will say tomorrow. I work for it. Not not something that I say the government gave me this or government helped me this because tomorrow the government can say, oh, it's not yours because you were given, so I can't complain. Mm-hmm. You see, that's what freedom means to me. It means that the doors who have been put in the same bracket with everybody else. So why why must I not work for myself? That's what it means to me. It means I'm free. Interesting, Clement. I, I want your take on this. Thank you very much for that, Clement. Your take on this, Doctor Doctor Cooper, because um, I wonder also about our. How much are we guarding our freedom? You know, um, for a people that fought so hard for decades, uh, I, I sometimes wonder if we guard our freedom fiercely enough, you know. So just because someone says something, it doesn't mean that we need to not uh, be vigilant about and criticize and analyze and be critical in terms of whether that actually will work for us or not. And I'll give you an example. Clement just said, you know, what I want is to work for myself and do whatever, whatever the case may be. But to what extent then do we then make sure that the systems that are there to allow Clement to register his business, make sure that his things are properly in order, the the uses of what happens at the compensation fund and those letters that come through, because without those, you're not able to exercise your rights to run a business. We are not guarding those things enough. So again, how much are we guarding our freedom? I think we've reached a point where sometimes we take these for granted. Yeah. And during this lockdown in particular, that has hit all of us. That I've been used to just walking out the door. I've been used to doing something. I feel like uh, doing X and I can do it. And all of a sudden you can't because the municipal police, the regular police, backed by the military. Uh, by the way, no, it shouldn't be the other way around. The military uh, being backed by the police and municipal police, uh, which I think is one of the problems because that leads to a Bulgarian situation. That leads to entrenchment of a uh, militarist-style uh, system, which is not good for any democracy and certainly not ours, which is developing. So there's, there's that. We have are also, there's, a, there's been a creation, I think, over 20 years of dependency on the state. Mm. And the state and the leadership has encouraged that. You know, unlike 
uh, ask not what uh, your con- what your country can, can do, do for you, you. but we're, yeah. yeah, but here it was. We are the ones who will do it, and yours is to but obey, kind of thing. Mm. It was it was subtle and not so subtle, mm. which led to the cult of personality, if you like, mm. and. If it was number one, and then Ubaba, you see, mm. right next to God, mm. uh, is Ubaba. You know, that kind of mentality. <laughs> Versus, we come from a proud tradition of breaking down stereotypes and breaking down authority that is not progressive for the development of people and a country. So all of those things, I think, are uh, about to be exploded upon mm. in a very remarkable way because these few weeks have changed the world irredeemably. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to go back to what it was in on the 1st of March. Dina, if, you're calling us from Durban. I beg your pardon, Prof. I, I, I yeah, think you're still... Dina, let's just take your call. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, I totally agree with this last caller. He's just making total sense, you know. Mm. At the moment, this corona, we can take this opportunity to be either, you know, good or bad. But obviously, it's killing people, so it can't be good. But this world has a chance. This country has a chance to dominate its structure in being, coming out from a third world country, meaning... The people of this country are all suffering. You cannot work in a system where the basis is not given. For instance, right now, water and food. You need water and food. As soon as we got that system running, this country will run better. For instance, if I have to go work now, and I'm working for somebody, and I'm making that person rich, but eventually I want to be rich because richness in money-wise, whatever, develops, whatever. But in saying all this, the country got all these millions, they're investing it into different structures to benefit us. But coming down the line, it filters and benefits those people who already are in benefit positions. So, who are not in benefit positions? Are you listening to me, ma'am? We are definitely listening to you, Dina. Yes. Yes, okay. That's great. Uh, uh, first time, thanks. This call was from y'all, so I can take how long, eh? Yeah, no, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so the people staying in the shacks now, right at this moment. Uh, I'm not staying in the shack. I'm paying rent. Mm. And I'm a plumber. I'm an artisan. I'm a qualified plumber. Mm. I can't get a job at this moment mm. because of, you know, crime and crooked things during the structure of the world, which we as people put it in because we're not getting the right system to focus towards being better. We're taking the negative. Because, see it like this, sorry, I'm a bit uh, saying this on radio too, but, uh, you know, systems are overloaded. But anyway, you're listening to me, ma'am? Hello? We are right here, Dina. We are okay, right good. here, Dina. Sorry, it's hard to take off because I'm, I'm taking all this out. I understand. Uh, at the moment, people are suffering. Mm. You need to put money into people's pockets, mm. give them the mentality how to create and behave, 
towards other people in this world to create this good structure. Now, when I'm saying this world, I mean, sorry, our country. Yes. Because our country has to defend against other countries. Mm. Why? Because we got this capitalist. You know, I hear the, the other party say capitalist. Now, when he's saying that, I know where he comes from. Because if you capitalize into the structure of how somebody else makes a profit and we're not gaining while they're making a profit, they don't use to us. But if it capitalized to, to help us, to develop us, to come to a stage where our country is suffering now, and right now, the people who have always uh, taken our country to the step didn't come to this point to, to break us down. They broke us down. So we need to capitalize on the situation over here to make us a better country. So if I approach, so if we're getting 13.5% or whatever I hear, uh, excuse me, through whatever banks and this and that, and we have to pay that loan, while other countries are paying 1.5% because of our negativity. So let's increase our negativity to positivity, and then we can be in this economy. Mm. Dina, thanks very much for that call, uh, Dina, there in Durban. Uh, Dr. Cooper, do you want to wrap it up for us? Because there's a lot, as you can hear, you know, there's there's so much to that people want to cough up, and it's it's difficult at this point. But I, I'm curious where you think are, uh, as I said again, the opportunities at this point to not only celebrate our constitutional freedom, but also economic freedom. Well, I think that this is a time where we should be reflecting uh, at the personal level, at the family level, and at a societal uh, level, what is important for us. We've seen the massive mobilization to provide uh, water because it was all very well saying, uh, wash your hands and then uh, get sanitizers. Uh, two-thirds of the country can't afford sanitizers, and those, uh, in fact, uh, were, were price-gouged out of existence. But providing that, there was also a huge brouhaha about national health. And we saw that Boris Johnson and the Tories are notorious for not wanting national systems in the UK. But he survived because of uh, the national health system and was taken care of by two foreign nurses, one from New Zealand and one from Portugal. Uh, you know, irony upon irony. In our country, we have a, an overladen health system. The layers of inefficiency are notorious, but our leadership has been striking. We have a president who has shown the necessary foresight, the necessary compassion, and trust that the allegations that his cronies are benefiting from this period is not true. Uh, we have uh, Dr. Nkosazana Ramini Zuma, uh, who I know from my student days, as I know my, the president from my student days. We have uh, Dr. Mkize, the Minister of uh, Health. These are striking, strong individuals who have put into place a system to help stave off COVID. If that can be extended to ensure that the poverty relief is not only during COVID, but translates into an enablement for ordinary people. 
that's 50% of our population that lives in dire poverty, we will begin turning around. The messages that we ought to be uh, involved in for ourselves, deeply thinking about it is, if my neighbor is suffering, I am going to be suffering. And that message needs to be with us on this Freedom Day in order that the next few years we turn this country to the glorious place it can be and it was in 1994. Dr. Seth Cooper, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. He is a president of the Pan-African Psychology Union and what a lot to, to think about there and digest.